Hi, I'm Mike, and you are listening to Real Things That Really Matter. Our heart in this show is to open up the floor to conversation about topics in the Bible and Christianity that may be hard to understand, and to see them from different perspectives. I know that we don't always agree on some things, but we feel that we should be able to ask questions and listen to each other as we walk through this life following Jesus. So, sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy as we venture into another conversation on real things that really matter. Hi, Matt. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm wonderful. Back for another round of In the End. Revelation song. <laughs> Real things that really matter. <laughs> yeah. Revelation song. I love that song. Yeah. It's a good song. It is. Hey, uh, we were talking about this in pregame, and I think we've decided that we were in th- we were we were at the end of 16 last time. We did. All we right. All the way through right. 16 and then backtracked a little bit. If you uh if you are following us listener, you heard us discuss what is this harvest of the grapes that happens in chapter what was it? 14? Yeah, it's 14. Yeah. 14 14 15. Yeah. We're talking the- about the sickle and the one on the cloud and harvesting the whole earth. Very Seems to be clear, but yet it, still it confusing. It sounds a lot like a rapture, it and that's does. where we were trying to get to. It does. And that's the whole point, is we asked at the very beginning, if you remember, are we pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib? And how do we come to an understanding of all the things that we found on research and, and, and the preaching that's out there and the doctrines and all this? How do we know beyond a shadow of a doubt which one is right? And so we started this journey, and now we're doing episode eight. Yeah, and to kind of like uh, manage the confusion and to make it less uh, and make it more understandable, we're just going <laughs> to skip seventeen and eighteen because yeah. seven chapter seventeen is seems like it's a metaphorical, allegorical interpretation of, of things that really don't have anything to do with what we're talking about. Yeah, it's not going to help uh, and prove it doesn't, a point. It doesn't really flow with our in our concept it, of the actual rapture itself. It seems to be the judgment of the world, in my opinion, the judgment of Babylon and the great prostitute, the whole kingdom of Satan, essentially. Yeah, um, and, which, and the number of kings and so forth, and that these kings are, are gone and these kings aren't. And so, right, and then we have, you know, the poetic... Uh, yeah, then at 18, there's the big poem, and we decided we're going to skip that, too. So we're going to go over that. You can go back and read that yourself. And that's, uh, that's we encourage deciding. that. It's yep. awesome. Absolutely. We definitely encourage you opening up this thing we call the Bible and reading it for yourself, because that is how the Holy Spirit, that's how God speaks to your heart. Right. And then we're going to skip over... A good chunk of 19, the first half of that. Because this is the rejoicing of the judgment of right? the world. Right, and they sing a song. Yep. And it's beautiful. But we're going to get right down to the goodie where it goes to the rider on the white horse. We do, the rider on the white horse. And I'm pretty sure that you can guess who this is. 
but we're going to read it and oh there's going to be some this is my this is what I've been waiting for for 8 weeks now. <laughs> Here we go, the good stuff. <laughs> the rider on the white horse, then I saw heaven opened and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood and his title was the word of God. The armies of heaven, dressed in the finest of pure white linen, followed him on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty like juice flowing from a wine press. On his robe, on his thigh, was written this title, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, shouting to the vultures flying high in the sky. Come gather together for the great banquet God has prepared. Come and eat the flesh of kings, generals, and strong warriors, of horses and their riders, and of all humanity, both free and slave, small and great. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the world and their armies gathered together to fight against the one sitting on the horse and his army. And the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who did mighty miracles on behalf of the beast, miracles that deceived all who accepted the mark of the beast and who worshipped his, uh, his statue. Both the beast and his false prophet were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. Their entire army was killed by the sharp sword that came from the mouth of the one riding the white horse, and the vultures all gorged themselves on the dead bodies. This is... Uh, the battle of all battles. So, but it doesn't necessarily say Armageddon right there, but we're just assuming that's it doesn't. Right. But I think, I think that's something we missed in the last previous chapters is this is where they gather. Um, right. anyways, so we're talking about Jesus appearing in heaven on the white horse, the one sitting, this is Jesus. His robe is dipped in blood. The one who was sacrificed, the lamb, and on his name. I mean, you can't deny it. He is the word of God. John says in the beginning, the word became, or the word became flesh. The word was with God and the word was God. This is Jesus. He is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. And there is a name written on his thigh that only he knows. This is, this is Jesus returning. Right. Although oh, we've sure. seen that we, we've read before that we see him on the Mount of Zion with 144,000. Sorry, I'm backtracking again. Yeah, I love it when you do that. I know. So the lamb is seen on the Mount of Zion, the the, the Mount of Zion with 144,000. That's back in what, 13? Maybe? Uh, that's the lamb and 144,000 is in 14. 14. So there's a lot that, that backtracks to 14 that we talk about with the harvest and with the 144,000 and with the, this is where we see Jesus appear, a, a, it seems to be the first time, right? Right. The lamb, that's Christ. Um, and then we see it again here, see him appear. And this is like the war of all wars where the beast and the second beast are captured and thrown into the lake of fire. And all those who follow him, which is, I guess, somebody's left after the <coughs> wine pressing before with the blood that goes up to the bridle of the horses, they are killed by the sword that comes from the mouth of Jesus. Yeah, and 
that's what's confusing because it doesn't seem like there should be a lot of people left. Right. It seems after, like with the whole earth is harvested, all right, like yeah. you would think there's After the left. harvest and the bowls and the plagues and all the other <clears throat> things things falling from the sky and, and so forth. Yeah. Poisonous poisonous rivers. And pound hailstones. Right. 100 pound hailstones. <laughs> it doesn't seem like there should be a lot of people left. No. So this, it, you know, we seem to have found a possible reference to the rapture, which would be Again, after the tribulation, before the bulls. But then we still have this question of who are these people who are left for the battle that we just read about to happen? Those who follow the beast and take the mark. So that's obviously those people who are still on earth. Well, unless this is his demonic army, that is... Why would the demonic army have to take the mark? They already no, got the mark. No, what I'm saying, that already... All those people are gone. Perhaps. No, no, no. It says right here. It says it right here. And the beast was captured and withered the false prophet who in its presence had done the signs. Oh, well, I guess it doesn't say they're here. Okay. So maybe you're right. Maybe it is just the army of Satan. The, the spiritual war come to its climax. There actually maybe gone. not any humans left at this point. It's possible, at least. Can we? Can you give me that? It's possible. I don't see birds eating on demons, though. Maybe. I, I don't know. I I've don't never know. met a demon, so I, I don't know I, how I, tasty <laughs> he would be. <laughs> I, uh, it's, it's, it's confusing because, again, there's not a clear... There's not a clear... Hey, your guys are not here for this. We've taken y'all to heaven or cast, you know, there's, there isn't a clear cut answer right there. Now it doesn't mention any humans though in this. It doesn't, but here's where, okay, let's move on because this is the chapter I've been waiting for. So we know Jesus has appeared. The battle has happened. The beast and his false prophet have been cast into the lake of fire. Right. Right. And so now, uh, the battle's over. Jesus has won. He's slain everyone with the word of his mouth, the sword of his mouth. And now chapter 20 moves on to the thousand years. So chapter 20, this is the one I've been waiting for. Can I read this one? Uh, please do. Cause I've, I've referenced this quite often in the last seven weeks. <laughs> okay. So here we go. Uh, then I saw an angel come down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. And he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the pit and shut it and sealed it over him so that he might not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be released for a little while. Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. Also I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection." Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. Okay, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> so, uh, here's where I start to have some problems with 
um, the rapture happening before this. And here's why. Let's go back in the Bible, because this is the thing we're reading, right? First Thessalonians, in chapter 4, verse 13. Well, let's see. Let's go to 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. I'm going to stop there. Let's go back to chapter 20 of Revelation. And we see, we know Jesus has just appeared on the white horse in the clouds, and the angel was standing and shouting from the sky. And this is where we see the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God and those who had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. How do we... How do you square that? Yeah. Okay. And <clears throat> I've thought about this also. So <laughs> then I saw the thrones and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. So who are those people? Who are those people? And why does it specifically say, why does John specifically write down, this is the first resurrection? Thessalonians. And, and before, now are those, are those thrones the, from the 24 elders? I don't know. Is that because I don't know that everybody, I don't know that there's, you know, a billion thrones up there. I I don't, I don't know. But I would, let's, I think, I think the first resurrection is very clear. Okay. Let's jump. Let's just (laughs) give me this part and say that the 24, there's 24 thrones and those are the thrones that they're talking about. Okay. Because they mentioned the 24 thrones before. They do. Okay. So then I saw the throne. So we can say those 24 thrones that I mentioned before. Okay. Let's assume that he says that's what he's talking about. And they had been given the authority to judge. Okay. Those are like the 24 all-stars. We don't really know who they are. Right. We're assuming some Jesus of them. Jesus himself dis- even says it's whoever the father has. He, yeah. He's they the they might it. be disciples. The, well, they, or the they disciples could be, are the ones that asked for that. And Jesus said, yeah, that's not up to me. That's yeah, up to God. Or it could be Moses and Abraham could be on there too. Could be. It's, Elijah, Enoch. Sure. Okay. Melchizedek. Yeah. Right. Somebody that we have no idea who it is. Right. <clears throat> So, and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. So when did that happen? Well, we saw that when they were under the altar back with the right. beginning, I think and in the those seals. are the ones, those are the ones who got killed during the, the tribulation. Right. Okay. <clears throat> they had not worshiped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again. And they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So this is the thousand year reign of Christ. Right. And so it's just, the, it sounds to me like it's just the people who were persecuted during the tribulation that didn't take the mark and were killed that come back to life and reign on earth for a thousand years. Not necessarily all believers that are in heaven currently. Right. But this is the first resurrection. And so this is the first resurrection. So that means that a resurrection of the nature that we read about in Thessalonians hasn't happened yet, at the very least, until at least this moment. 
That's pretty clear. It's not, this is maybe one of the first. It says, this is the first. <laughs> okay, and the rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. Right. I don't, how do you... So how? you're saying the rest of the dead are... I'm not. Are, I'm reading out of the Bible. Okay, are, you're interpreting that the rest of the dead are non-believers? Is that what you're, that you're leaning towards? I don't know what I'm leaning towards. I'm just saying, how do we not have this passage in with all the other stuff that we're trying to figure out with where the rapture happens, where the resurrection happens, because in my teaching in my understanding and everything that I've ever been raised to believe is the rapture and the resurrection happens at the same time. If you read in Thessalonians, it seems to happen at the same time. Now, where are we pulling, and this goes back to our question, how do we tell where the rapture happens, pre, mid, post? Is it even after the thousand years? Because this right here says that something's going to happen after the thousand years. God doesn't leave people dead for eternity. God doesn't, the resurrection is the hope of mankind. So okay. it means that, well, after the thousand years, something must happen as well. Or else we're completely missing the mark on what is written down in this letter. Yeah, because it sounds to me like the, the only people that that get to come back on the thousand years are the ones who suffered through the tribulation. It clearly says that, Mike. Right. Okay. Which but means we're not even done yet. It's not even done yet. Okay, so we've had the judgment of the world. We've had Satan thrown into the pit, but it says that he will be released for a little while. Yeah. Okay, so let's read on. Yeah, and I and I think that's important too because let's read on. So, all right, uh, starting the, in verse seven, right? Uh, the defeat of Satan, and when the thousand years are ended, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog. To gather them for battle, their number is like the sand of the sea, and they marched up over the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, but fire came down from heaven and consumed them. And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. All right, let's stop right there. <laughs> <clears throat> now that looks sounds like the Battle of Armageddon. But what happened? I don't think it is. Okay, well then, what was this business over here with the rider on the white horse in 19 then? That's Jesus. I know, but doesn't he already kill all these guys? But that's just Satan and, uh, that's just Satan and Gog and, Gog and Magog. The, then I saw the beast and the kings of the world of their armies gathered together to fight against the one sitting on the horse and his army. Okay, and then they were, all right, and then they... Okay, and then they were thrown alive in the fiery lake, and their entire army was killed by the sharp sword. Yep. So the entire so army that's is the killed. Beast and the false prophet. Okay, and the entire army was killed in nineteen. That now, one. now we have this other one. Now with we Gog have the and defeat Magog of Satan after the thousand-year reign. Yeah, and that's uh -huh. that's a completely different battle. Apparent. Well, it's after a thousand years. <laughs> okay, that's a long time. Okay, yeah, because then it says, then the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the fiery lake. 
of burning sulfur joining the beast and the false prophet. Yeah. So you got the devil, the beast, and the false prophet. Right. There's three players there and, of evil dudes. And there's there's in the middle of the beast and the false prophet. They have their own evil trinity. Satan's in his prison in the bottomless pit, but then he's released again and goes and gets Gog and Magog and comes back to battle again and try and win one more time. And then they're consumed with fire and there's not, doesn't sound like much of a battle. Like, yeah, no, not going to happen. And then it's over. So here's, it's very confusing because, okay, I'm going to pose this question. Okay. What if, and, and here's the deal. I need everybody that's listening to understand. I am not questioning the Bible. I am not. I am not questioning the truth or the legitimacy of the Bible one bit. No. Here's what I am questioning. Our interpretation. That's always been my problem as well. It's not, it's not God's error. It's human error. And so, like I said, I've been taught my entire life that the rapture and the resurrection all happens at the same time, whatever point that is. Is that even correct? Because here, these, this last 12 verses have thrown everything helter-skelter. Right, because there's verses in the Bible that says that we, our earthly bodies and our spiritual bodies become one. And they... You, Right. Yeah, we're glo- uh, just as Jesus, he's the first fruit, and he rose from the dead, and he had... And then we rise from the dead, too. And it will so, be the same. And, and when is that? Right, when is that? And the first resurrection doesn't even talk about everybody, says not all the dead. So then we go here to, to verse 11, okay? Judgment before the great white throne. This is the judgment of uh, those who believe. All right. Lay it on me. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death of the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So this is like... You don't want the great white throne judgment. It's not nice. Well, you don't want that one. Yeah, exactly. So if my name is in the book of life, I'm good. If not, this is the second death, right? So this is after the thousand years, after the defeat of Satan... This is this is a long this is this is like the end of the end. We're getting close to the end. Right? Correct. Um so we're we're further away from an answer than we were at the beginning. And and in my opinion, reading through the book of Revelation uh really displaces every Everything that I found in research about, well, this is where this one is guaranteed. How do you come to that conclusion? 
I, you know, I have to go back. I'm sorry, but I have to go back to 14 and the harvest of the earth. That is okay. And, and I think that's profound and I can't believe it's just, I'm just now coming to that where I saw that that's where, with your help, that, that the believers were harvested. It clearly says that. But again, this seems to be those who are alive. Okay. okay. So that's the rapture. Yes. Now, that's, that's what we're trying to do. Now we're talking into 20. Where's the resurrection? Yeah, and because, I like I, I can't said, speak to that. Like I said, the rapture and the resurrection have always been taught to be simultaneous. Well, I can't I can't go back and say what's already been, what's always been taught. There's, forget about that stuff. I'm throwing that out the window. <laughs> I'm going by what I read here in this book that God provided for us. When you hear rapture, though, don't you think resurrection? All people will go to heaven. Not necessarily. No. No. Really? I don't. I don't think that all people get raptured and all people go to heaven. No, 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 no. That that's that's the that's the First Thessalonians, like I just read. When Christ descends from heaven, those who are dead in Christ will rise first, and then we will be caught up in the clouds to be with Him forever. Yeah. I all I can go back and say is that look the <laughs> the one sitting on the cloud swung the sickle the one sitting on the cloud for the time of harvest was come the crop on earth is ripe so the one sitting on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth and the whole earth was harvested and that was that was the son of man harvesting the earth. The whole earth was harvested, Mike. So I know. boom, that's the that's the rapture. It's okay. got to be. So okay. So then, if you come back here and you say, or um, fast forward to to twenty, <clears throat> the first resurrection was for the people who died during during the tribulation. But after the other people were harvested, right? So, see, I'm having a really hard time reconciling this in my mind. Okay. So, because that 144,000, the people who were tormented during, <clears throat> during the tribulation that that never got the mark. Right. Okay. And were beheaded for their faith. So <coughs> it I'm very confused. I'm very Yeah, confused. I know, and it's and it's hard to sift through this. Because and we're trying to do this in real time on the air and it's and it's complicated. To be honest, and that's with all those there's three different points. And here's where I guess um we could say there's three different points that Point to pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, or post-tribulation. Because even with the harvest of the earth, that's after the seven years of the reign of the beast. Yeah, that's totally... The harvest of the earth is totally after after all the, all the trumpets and, and the, the seals and the seven years and right before the bowls. Yeah. So... I don't think we'll ever have an answer to this. I, I don't. Jesus shows I don't up. think we will. And I think maybe he kept it confusing for a purpose. I do. I and we said that before, 
because where he said, you know, parts like don't write this down. Well, there's that specifically, you know, that's kind of a big chunk, kind of a big deal. If I was telling you a story and left out, you know, a section, you'd be like, wait, how come uh, I don't understand the whole thing because you didn't tell me this part. Right. And he has his reasons and that's not for us to know. Right. So this, this is essentially and we'll go and I'll stand on it again. This is to revelation of Jesus Christ. Revelation of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords says, I have conquered and will conquer all. He will reign forever and ever. He will make all things new. Those are things you can stand on. That's what you can, you can take that to the bank. Right. Right? Yes, for sure. So the rest of it, well, we obviously don't have an answer. And I don't know if I agree with any three of the views that are very popular that we've been talking about for the last eight weeks. Or the multiple, you know, YouTube videos I've seen from guys that are on the ball spiritually. And they yeah. have they have PhDs to their name. And, and, and absolutely. And I'm sorry, but I don't see how they come to the conclusions that they do. You know, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of videos going around on social media that talk about, oh, man, the, the river Euphrates is going to dry up and that's the sign of the end. Well, we read last week when the river Euphrates dries up, that's a sign that we're at the end of the end, not the beginning of the end. We don't want to see the river. I mean, that's like the seventh bowl or sixth bowl. That was the bad stuff. So how much of this, this is, this is, um, we have to read it for how it is. I believe, I don't think we can just pick and choose and take the one parts that we like. And we have to reconcile this and go with God and say, Hey, um, I need you to teach me what this is saying, because I don't think we have a clue. That's my honest opinion. No, we don't. Um, I, I need to look up something here, so keep talking. Okay. And I'm not, again, questioning the validity of the Bible. I'm not. But what I am questioning is our willingness to accept, at face value, human interpretation just because it is what we want to accept. Because I'm now reading through this. We've read through this many times. We've read through this again. And, and I'm not even seeing that the rapture and the resurrection happens simultaneously. And that's really hard for me to grasp right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> what are you looking up, Matt? I'm trying to get the right version on here. And I will be right with you. Bear with me. So keep talking. One of my hardest things is this resurrection one, because I always go to First Thessalonians that talks about where the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we will join those in the clouds together to be with Christ together forever. Like that all sounds very simultaneous to me. Yeah, and it seems to me that First Thessalonians contradicts what Revelation says, and I'm or it's a Cliff Notes version of or, it, or I don't know, or maybe that's something that you can piece into Revelation. I guess that well, when 
the trumpet of God sounds because we have the trumpets and that's, you know, we have the trumpets that happened way back weeks ago that we talked about and the dead in Christ will rise first. I just don't know where we get that part to put into the trumpet if it's that far uh, in the beginning of Revelation. Because again, in chapter 20, it does say specifically, this is the first resurrection. Right. And then the end, chapter 16 in First Thessalonians uh, 4. Uh, First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth, will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. Yeah. That's a little, what version is that? That's a New Living Translation. Okay. I was reading it out of the English Standard Version. Okay, so... Yeah. More questions. questions That is a more specific version. Maybe that is the same thing as the harvest of the earth when he he uses his sickle and he harvests them. He doesn't necessarily say... Maybe the first swing of a sickle, he does take the he does take the dead first. Well, so you could look I, at it that way. I could look at it that way. And then the second swing of a sickle, then he harvests the ones who are alive. Does that square things? Does that help? That's a lot of assumption. See, there's my there again. There's my problem. Well, and I don't want to assume. I want to know. Right. I don't but want I also to don't say want to say, false. well, the Bible says one thing this way, and then it says another thing this way. Basically, we have to go back to our interpretation. How do we square this in our, right. in our head so we can say this could be what it means? It not saying what it, what, it, what it definitively means, but that could be an interpretation of it. It could be. I don't know. This is probably where we have to say we'll have to defer to, I guess, those who are more knowledgeable in the depth of study, I guess, in the scripture. But I don't trust them either, like I said, because <laughs> <laughs> those guys are all saying it's pr- they're, they're table bangers. And it's pre-trib. It's pre-trib. And right. if you think it's post-trib, you're not paying attention. I, I, I was like, well, then you're not reading the book of Revelation, because what's all this, you know, trumpets, bowls, and and stars seals. falling in the skies and yeah, seals, the seals yes. and, and, and trumpet seals and again the most definitive we have of a harvest is look, after the, one, the beast and even before trumpets and even before trumpets and seals there's the riders and that ain't nice either the right. four horsemen right and that all happens before this harvest that we talk about in in chapter 14 correct and then it says still through all of this that we must be here and we must suffer because even in 13, it says this means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently and remain faithful. Yeah. And that's after trumpets and beasts and seals and riders. It is. It's it's. So I'm sorry, but this pre-trip n- nonsense is complete baloney. I don't I don't think I can buy I it. I can't. I cannot. I cannot be in pre-trip camp. I'm sorry. At the very least. I'm I'm thinking that it sounds more like you get to go through all seven years with the witnesses and the beast. Um, very possibly, 
You get to go right before the thousand-year reign, but the harvest seems to be more uh, clear yeah. before the bowls get poured out, which is, and, thank you, Jesus. But and, again, I'm not 100% sure on that. Right, and the seven years takes place before the harvest of the earth when he gets the sickle. Exactly, yep, yep. So that's post-trib. Yep. Well, I guess there's an answer-ish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it can't be more clear. Somebody but- please explain to me chapter 20. Yeah, chapter 20, chapter 20 is complicated. The whole, you know, this whole book is the complicated. The whole book is complicated, but chapter 20 just throws me for a loop. Do you ever think about what John was going through when he's writing all this down? First of all, he had to have a a considerable amount of paper. Yeah, and, and I, <laughs> right. I would imagine he was probably laughing. And I was like, he was like, I can't believe what I'm I, seeing. These and, guys are uh, never going to get or, this. Do you think he ever said, hey, slow down. I didn't quite get all that. My hand's getting cramped. I mean, you got to... <laughs> Are you sure you saw that? Uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. It's it's uh it's quite confusing. All right. Well, let's do a recap maybe next time. Yeah, and then let's think- uh, this we've we've kind of tried to go down the bunny trail on this and it's and it's complicated. We'll try to recap this next time. I think this is a good stopping point for us. Yeah, we'll end here and look forward next week. We'll finish this out. We'll kind of come to an end, and I'm pretty sure you may have, if you're like me, more questions now than you did when you started listening to these episodes. So thanks. At the at the very least, and the good news is we're almost done with this series. And the really good news is Jesus wins. And that is the that's ultimately the good news. There you go. God bless you guys. Love you guys. God bless. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you have been challenged to study God's word, to find out what it says, and to build on what you believe. Our heart is to help create a desire in you to draw closer to Jesus. If you would like to contact us with questions or comments, email us at MikeMattRealThings at gmail.com, on Facebook, Real Things That Really Matter, and on Twitter, at MMRealThings. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform to stay in the know of what we are doing. Again, thanks for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. See you next time.